Welcome to Reimagining Schools, a podcast from the Edupreneur Academy. Today, I'm talking with Michael Hirsch, the Executive Director of LoveWorks Leadership. His program helps students in middle school see entrepreneurship and leadership dreams come true. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. How are you doing? Uh, thanks for asking, Aaron. Great to see you. So happy to be on. You too. Yeah, I know. We've, we've kind of known each other for quite a while now, on and off, but <clears throat> I'd like to start with that because I know you are, um, you know, work with LoveWorks and this is kind of your dream and in your background right now, it says dreams come true here <laughs> for those listening that <laughs> That's can't see that. So I would love to just start with kind of your dream and your vision and how you got started in all of this, your background and what led you to education, entrepreneurship and all the things that you're doing now. Fantastic. Aaron, those are a lot of questions. So how far back do you want me to go? No. Yeah, wherever <laughs> well, you, you want to start, this. wherever it's uh, meaningful to you. <laughs> uh, well, myself, our team, LoveWorks, we are great admirers of you and just the tremendous work that, that you are doing and just your vision for just reimagining schools. And so uh, this is awesome. I just how you have this platform and uh, really excited to be able to join a, another uh, be added as a great uh, guest of hosts that you've already that you've already had. So, you know, taking you back, Aaron, um, you know, the word entrepreneur, you know, it's interesting because I'm not going to date myself here, but uh, <laughs> when I was growing up in school, entrepreneur wasn't a word that I don't think anyone used. But growing up as a kid, I did a lot of things that were entrepreneurial, had a lot of ideas, the way that I would use my imagination you know, and unfortunately, and not to a fault to my, to my upbringing, I love my parents, uh, but I didn't have that nudge at home, you know, or that guidance, you know, in an entrepreneurial direction to pursue, you know, some of those ideas that I had and even things that I was doing, nor did I have a program, say, like LoveWorks um, that I could be a part of. And so it's kind of unfortunate, but I would say that I experienced maybe two decades you know, of just lying, laying that aside and then pursuing what I thought was going to be the big dream, which is to play professional baseball. <laughs> and that didn't quite work out. And so at the age of 21, I needed to really just rediscover, you know, what it was that I was passionate about and what, I, what, what it was that I was going to pursue. I ended up getting my undergrad at Oral Roberts University uh, in Tulsa. I, I majored in local church pastor and I minored mm -hmm. in communications. But I would say, so that's a little bit of just my, my entrepreneurial background. And then fast forwarding, you know, I'd say, Aaron, it really wasn't until my thirties, really, that I entered, I would say just the realm per se of education. And that's when we first reached out to our local superintendent and had a meeting and shared the vision behind the organization LoveWorks Leadership. Yeah, and that was such an amazing time. I remember that <laughs> coming about and thinking what, what a great idea that was. And so if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit more about what LoveWorks is and, and kind of, uh, you know, the vision for, for what you guys do. Absolutely. So even going back to that meeting, you know, we shared this vision about wanting to create an organization that could meet a need that we saw in our local community. It's important even just to talk about that just for a moment, because we didn't approach that meeting by saying that we are the answer. We have it all figured out. LoveWorks is the silver bullet. You know, we're the, you know, we're the, we're the answer to all of life's problems. 
more than anything, we just said that we saw a need in our community. We have mm-hmm. an idea and we want to play a part. And we believe the part that we can play is to be able to meet the need and the gap that exists, not only just in our community, but we believe just across the nation. And it is for the lack of positive after-school enrichment opportunities, and in particular for middle school age. And so depending on your district, of course, that can vary, uh, but here it's about range of 10 to 15 years old. And so we call it the gap between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. And in that meeting, we just expressed our desire to be able to fill that gap of time with leadership. You know, we believe that everything rises and falls on leadership and that regardless of a student's age, that they are a leader because they have the ability to influence, you know, either in a positive way or a negative way. If you don't believe me, just hold on to a six-month-old baby. And Mm -hmm. I promise you, if you hold on to them long enough, they're going to influence you in some kind of way. And so we wanted to fill that gap of time between 3 and 6 p.m. with with leadership. And so at LoveWorks, we call it our three buckets. It's our focus on leadership and life skills. It's also to now our focus on business and entrepreneurship. I hope we get a chance to talk about that in just a few minutes. And then also to just our focus on character development. Yeah, that's great. And I I just want to reiterate, like it's personally important to me and impactful. Um, I had a son that went through your program and loved it. And I can still see kind of that influence in him in terms of thinking entrepreneurially. He has his content on Upwork and he'd love to be a voice actor someday. So, you know, even into high school now, he still kind of uses those skills and and I think thinks differently because of that. And so it was personally something that was meaningful to my family. Um, But I think it's so important for all kids to have that experience. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about the business and entrepreneurship part of that. Absolutely. (laughs) It's been, it's been so exciting. And I hope that we have the next three hours to talk about it. (laughs) Sure. But I, I wish I could say, Aaron, that I was that smart 10 years ago when we started LoveWorks. And we had the idea that one day that we are going to start businesses and we're going to start companies. And, uh, you know, Norman is going to be known as the entrepreneurial hub of the world where, (laughs) you know, visitors and tourists are going to come to us. And I wasn't, I'm not that smart, but our, our vision, you know, here at LoveWorks is to give every single student an opportunity to lead. You know, we want to help to be able to raise up a generation of dreamers and doers. And so uh, part of our, one of our programs here at LoveWorks, as you know, is an after-school leadership opportunity where Mm -hmm. parents and guardians were either drop students off at our physical campus. We have a great relationship with our local district that works out transportation to bring students over uh, to to us. And there are a couple secret ingredients that I'd say really distinguish our our leadership program here. But one of them, as you know, is our hands-on experiential learning. And so I'd say that that hands-on experiential learning really is part of the secret sauce and recipe that I really believe makes LoveWorks works. And why it does is because it does bring in professionals from our community that are so generous with their time to be able to work alongside our students. And so about five years ago, a group of students were working on a culinary, a five-week culinary project, and they started working on a salsa recipe, various salsa recipes. And they got to the point where they wanted myself and other staff and leaders to taste the salsa. 
And Aaron, I know that I'm biased, of course, because I'm Loveworks, but I looked at them and I said, this is absolutely the best salsa that I've ever had in my life. And about a week later, one of the students that was part of that group, she dreamt out loud and she didn't even know that she was dreaming. It was just casual, like you and I are having a conversation now. She said to her peers and the leaders of that group, what if one day this salsa that we've made would be sold on the shelves of grocery stores. And mm -hmm. I love it. it. It starts with the what if, and where right. LoveWorks comes into play is we are the why nots. Well, why not? Let's see. And you know, it's the why not, Aaron, that I wish I had at age seven, 10, 12, 14 years old, when I had a few of those entrepreneurial ideas, how yeah. crazy they were. And so we said, why not? They got busy. They started working hard. They didn't realize that it would take about two and a half years to get there. But believe it or not, kind of a bad joke, but on April 1st, 2017, they sold their first jar of salsa in one of our local grocery stores. And now they've expanded into 13 stores across wow. the Metroplex area. And now, Aaron, as you know, that has just sent a domino and a ripple effect across mm. just our, our, our campus and with our student body that are just are dreaming now dreams of what it'd be like for them now to start companies. And so we've had the opportunity to do that now over the last five years. Yeah. And it is good salsa. I've had it. <laughs> I well, remember thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I wish those I that are you... watching and listening could take, could take, could taste our salsa. Uh, feel free to contact me and we'll send, we'll send some your way. Yes. Yeah. And I know they're available in several stores. I think maybe Homeland and Crest and there's some other stores are available in, right? It's, it's really good. And it's called kitchen salsa. It is. It's called real yeah. kitchen salsa, <laughs> real kitchen but it's salsa. just been beautiful. Yeah. It's just been beautiful to watch how it unfolded. And, and I think that's the beauty of where love works as an after-school program has been, again, we weren't the answer, but we were able to come alongside a school district and we were perhaps able to complement and be able to maybe offer, you know, opportunities, you know, that during a school day, you know, based because of several reasons, you know, aren't able to really offer that hands-on project-based learning. And so just, I, I love the, I love the partnership that we are able to have and be able to working together, a district that focuses on the, on the academic side and then love works that can come in on the other side and offer the hands-on experiential learning, you know, which I think for a lot of the students that we work with really helps them to connect the dots mm -hmm. and to make further sense about how, about what they're doing, whether it's in the four walls of the classroom or now remotely, you know, how it makes sense, you know, how are they going to use it? And they get a chance to really do that. And a lot of these hands-on experiential learning projects we're doing. And of course, now in our various businesses that we've been able to start. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there's a couple of things you said there that I want to talk a little bit more about. <clears throat> One of them is just your connection with the local district and how you kind of negotiated mm -hmm. that. I talk with a lot of people across the country who are thinking about that and trying to figure out how to solve that issue of that after-school care and also provide something mm -hmm. that's, you know, valuable for students. And so um, how did you kind of get that partnership started with the district? Yeah, thanks for asking. I think a lot of it, and I, I mentioned this and not to be repetitive, but I think for, for, for us, we definitely had a district that was very just willing and open-minded uh, yeah. to be able to just, you know, hear, hear an idea, you know, from us. But I think that the way that we approached it did make a, a big difference. 
that we discussed that we just wanted to do our part. We wanted to play our part in the community. You know, Aaron, then we also did our homework. And that was a big part that first year when we were just waiting for the wonderful paperwork to be completed, to stand up our, our organization and to incorporate it as mm -hmm. a nonprofit uh, that we researched across and we scrubbed our state of Oklahoma and then also to nationwide. We literally traveled West Coast to East Coast. And so not only did we you know, do our homework locally to see and assess mm -hmm. where the needs were, where were the gaps, but then we did our research and we really looked at other best practices. And it, I, so I believe it was us being able to articulate and communicate the need that we saw. The district was in agreement, seeing the same need as well, right. but then also really liked our plan. You know, so we had a plan. We didn't have it all figured out, uh, but, you know, we were able to cite, you know, other credible organizations across the country, you know, that were, that were doing works. And so I just think that played a part. And then kind of like the give and take and where the district was willing to then evaluate and look at, well, what kind of resources, they might mm -hmm. not be financial, but transportation was a resource yeah. that was just huge for us and made a big difference, not only when we first started, but still makes a big difference today when we have 55 to 100 students that are dropped off at the, at the LoveWorks campus. And so I don't know how... You know, and the importance and value of relationships. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that we go into meetings and even the ones that I described with our district and, you know, we want to kind of be that, that, that lone, lane, lone ranger, superman, superwoman, you know, type of mm -hmm. approach. But I think just having a posture of heart of being able, being willing to, to connect and to be able to collaborate. And so, yeah, I think that just created a great synergy from the beginning and over the last decade, you know, we've been able to work very closely with our district for the better, betterment of our students in this, in this area. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing all that. And I, I know that transportation was a big deal to me as a parent, you know, that especially mm -hmm. that, that challenging time for parents that are working, trying to figure out how to get their kid picked up after school um, was so helpful that the district, you know, in, partnered with you to make that happen so that, that you could do that. Um, and then, you know, I know that you've used a lot of community businesses and things to connect with. And I really appreciate that too. I think one mm -hmm. of the, I think that that um, also kind of ties into sort of the future of education. And I'll just share that when mm -hmm. I presented this question to you in email, we had a conversation about it because you were like, I don't know if I can really speak to the future of education, but I would definitely pose to you that I, I feel like you have a better handle on that maybe than you're giving yourself credit for, because I think what we really want to do in schools is to provide students, especially in middle school, right? That's kind of the time where it's like elementary school that you can still see that passion in students and that love of learning. And somewhere in that 10 to 15 age range is when they, that kind of dies out in a lot of students. And that's sad to see that happen. I think that a lot of that is about not seeing the bigger picture and not understanding how the things that they're doing in school can really apply to their life later. And you've really figured out the key to making that happen. Um, and so when you present students with things that they're passionate about, and then sort of sneakily weave in, well, let's figure out how to use that. Like, let's figure out how to use that in your life as a business or um, to promote something that you're passionate about or to be <clears throat> involved with this um, throughout your life. I think you're, that's really the secret sauce for how you create a school and students that care about what they learn about 
and then move forward. Mm-hmm. So I think you're doing a lot more for <laughs> the school side of things than maybe you realize. Um, but I would like to know, you know, how can we get more of that in our schools? What do you think about how the future of education could look in terms of, of getting more entrepreneurship in schools? Wow. Well, if I figure that out or <laughs> you or one of your listeners and watchers, that's a New York Times bestselling book. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting because I look at I look at public school if I could use this analogy as the Titanic. And I couldn't imagine what it would be like. To, you just don't turn the Titanic on to say dime. It's a, it's a slow turn. It's a slow burn. It's a slow uh, process. You know, and I feel that that's where, you know, public, public education is today. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, individuals like yourself, uh, other guests that you've had on this, on this show, we're, we're not, we're, we're, we're not kind of driving the Titanic, you know, sort of speak. So we're agile, you know, we have the ability, and I'm now speaking for myself, to be able to pivot, to be able to change course, to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, go with the wind, uh, uh, sort of speak. So uh, I think that one of the keys, I think one, of, and I always think starting with who, you know, that our, that our educators, you know, that we call, you know, just our heroes and our Norman, our Norman community, you know, whether it's, you know, remote learning educators, you know, in the classroom, you know, I think that it starts with the who, you know, and I always think of, and, and, and Aaron, I'm sure you've got thoughts and ideas about this, but, you know, just what professional development, you know, could, could look like. I think that would be one of the ways. And I think of, I love Carol Dweck's work about mindset. Yeah. And just thinking, just thinking about just what does it look like to develop uh, and cultivate an entrepreneurial mindset? Because you think of entrepreneur, I think sometimes we think of the Webster's and Oxford's dictionary, you know, definition, you know, starting, starting a business, but it more mm-hmm. has to do with creating and, and innovation and, you know, carrying just a mindset and a way of thinking. So I think that's a, that's a part of it because we can then bring that creativity and that innovation you know, into our individual unique classroom. So it just doesn't have to start with the top, you know, with a superintendent or a principal per se. But what something that we've been able to do here at LoveWorks that I'd love to see take place in other districts, you know, and I, where I see the, the future heading, you know, with education is the long, along the lines of customization and personalization. Mm-hmm. I think that that is the, I think that is one of the keys um, you know, students here, you know, they don't necessarily, you know, care how much we know, but they, they, they want to know how much we care. Yeah. And, you know, I think when we approach it with that unconditional love, believing in students, you know, wholeheartedly and finding ways and opportunities that we can really nurture just the gifts that is inside of them and figure out ways that they can explore that, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's in the four walls of a classroom or if it's in you know, schools like your, 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 your micro uh, schools and pods that you're creating or in LoveWorks organization, you know, gives them a chance to be able to just express just their interests, finding outlets, positive outlets, and then ultimately being able to connect with a purpose and passion. And so I think a lot of that happens through, again, personalizing and customizing. There's a lot of process in that. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time. But uh, that's definitely, you know, where I would like to see, 
you know, just the future of, of education go. And I think if we can steer students in, in that kind of direction, our communities are all going to be better for it. Our nation is only going to be better for it. And our world is only going to be better for it. I believe we could do that. You know, I believe that our best artists, works of art, uh, engineers, uh, pilots, chefs out there are, are waiting. And, yeah. um, and I'm really believing that the best is still yet to come. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I think one of the things that you said, um, or at least what I heard from what you said, is that it's almost like we look at it backwards, right? Where we in schools have typically traditionally started with, here are the things you need to know, and we're going to teach them to you, <clears throat> and then try to think mm-hmm. of creative ways to do that. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, the opposite of that is to kind of create an environment where there's things that students are interested in naturally, that they get to decide what it is that they're interested in about. And then we figure out how to help them do that. And in that process, they learn the things that we wanted them to learn in the first place. (laughs) And so it's kind of like looking at that from a different perspective and starting that in a different way that I think really appeals to the way that all of us want to learn. Like nobody wants to be told, you know, what you have to know, uh, because that's where you get into the, like, why do Mm -hmm. I need this? Why do I, why do I need to know this? Whereas if you're starting it from a business perspective and like, well, if you're going to get that salsa into those grocery stores, what are the things that you need to know to make that happen? And out of that will blossom mm-hmm. all the things that you would wish that you would have taught them in a school. And so I just feel like that's such a great approach. And that's really in the experiences that I've had with students and you may agree or disagree, but that's where I really see students learn is when they, when they care about it and they want to, when they want to figure it out. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, that's wonderfully said. You know, even just look at just the context, you know, this more than I do, but just the context of a business. Mm -hmm. Yes, it may take an individual and or a business partner to come up with the idea, quote unquote, the entrepreneur, but what makes a successful business work? And that's been the beauty of what we've been able to see, not just with the salsa business. We launched a couple of years ago, we launched a technology company called Wristworld, and they're now selling their product and over products in over a hundred retail outlets over 17 countries. We piloted a brand new kids accelerator program where we've seen now 31 brand new kids businesses go through that. But the beauty of it, Aaron, is getting a chance to see not just the solopreneur that has the idea, but then seeing, uh, seeing the, the, the guy or girl that's the numbers person. And now they get to use the numbers as a junior CFO for the company. And oftentimes, you know, you hear in circles, I think a lot of the negativity surrounding, say, technology and social media. But how beautiful is is it in the context of a business that we Mm -hmm. get the opportunity to walk alongside students and show them and teach them ways that you could leverage technology and social media in a positive way. And there's so many just life lessons just along the way that that they can pick up there. Uh, just writing. And then of course the gift of gab and communication and sales, you you know, so just the list goes just on and on, you know, when you just look at, you know, just a business and what it takes. And um, so, yeah, it'll be exciting to see just how that's going to unfold. And I believe when you talk about the future of education, I really believe that the kids business uh, accelerators and incubators are really going to be a big part of it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think you're really onto something too with the business world and the education connection. Um, You know, I know we've, you and I probably had conversations about this before too, but you know, we know that we, we know that we don't know that we're preparing students for careers that we can't even really imagine right now. We don't know what those are going to look like. 
And so the skills that are most important for our students to have are those skills like critical thinking and how to solve problems. And because we don't know exactly what to prepare them for, because it may look very different. I mean, if you think about the, Mm -hmm. nobody ever thought you could be a YouTuber or a TikTok creator, (laughs) content creator, and people are making real money and real, you know, careers out of that now. And so it's certainly not something that you or I as young children would have ever had thought to dream of, but it is something that our, our children now think about. And so (laughs) as a career, and so in that, you know, I think that you guys are doing exactly that. You're, you're preparing students for um, those kinds of skills that they can't, you know, they would apply to any career that's possible out there in the future. And that's, that's really the important piece of what you're doing. (laughs) Just to kind of think back a little bit more on like your entrepreneurial shoes, (laughs) as you were kind of getting started, is there anything, because you mentioned Carol Dweck and her work on growth mindset. And I think that's fantastic. And that's a, a big part of it, your connection with the district and not and figuring out ways for us to work with districts and with the current school system and not against each other is kind of what I see as the, the biggest piece of mindset that we have to figure out how to shift in Oklahoma, uh, especially, but I mean, across the, the nation too, um, you know, but, but looking back at kind of the way that you got started with entrepreneurship, is there anything that made like a big impact on you, um, mentors that you had or books that you read or things that you wish you would have known in the beginning, those kinds of things as you were getting started? Wow. So Tay, so you're asking Aaron just in the, in the beginning, just around the, the love works time that, that rewinding 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning of your process with love works. Yeah. You know, I mentioned, I mentioned this earlier. I think one of the, one of the greatest lessons that we just stumbled, stumbled into, we had a, we had a posture to listen and to learn. Yeah. And, and that, that played. So what it looked like then was us just the, 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 the travel. And I look mm-hmm. at just the different organizations that we had met and individuals that we had met with. I think of even in Oklahoma City, there's a studio that still today does the experiential learning. And they were just mm-hmm. very, you know, they were just very influential at that time. During our travels, I mentioned from West Coast to East Coast, we ended up attending an event. It was a day of leadership event at a charter school, mm-hmm. uh, grades K through six. And they were the first school to integrate the late Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people mm-hmm. into the seven habits of highly effective kids. And yeah. each student out of the 500 plus students in that school actually had a position of leadership, a role of leadership in their school. So we traveled out to South Carolina and we attended a day of leadership. And I would say that that experience really then punctuated just the program offering that we brought into just that initial meeting, you know, with our district and then has played a big part in the programming that we're doing with our students today. There've been several resources and books that have been uh, very influential. I think of, uh, I think of the organization Growing Leaders uh, out of Atlanta with Dr. Tim Elmore. In fact, he just wrote a book that it was a team read of ours called The Eight Paradoxes of Leadership, which is absolutely fabulous. We're having our coordinators here at LoveWorks or read that. And then I go back to just the, the, I hope I'm answering your question, but just the collaboration. We, I am so grateful for the community that we really have the privilege to serve in. When we often get asked, whether it's by a governor, a director of secondary education, a superintendent that sees our outcomes, oftentimes mm-hmm. we'll be asked, what kind of curriculum do you use? You know, what are the mm-hmm. books that the students are reading? And while a curriculum has its place, Sure. A book has its place as well. 
But uh, Aaron, it's been this village, this community, my heroes of, of the countless hundreds and hundreds of men and women that have generously uh, given their time to be able to lend and to share their passion. And it's just been a beautiful picture for me. You know, we live in a very, we're living in a very unique time where for the first time in history, we have seven active sociological generations all living at the same time, starting with the senior generation, which Tom mm-hmm. Brokaw would say would be the greatest generation, <laughs> right? to Gen Z. And yeah. here at LoveWorks, Aaron, we've been able to have all seven active living generations in our building at the same time pursuing big dreams together. That's and incredible. so they've been, they've been the heroes. The, the, the notes, if you look in my phone or my tablet, uh, so oftentimes they come from the great men and women, you know, in our community that have just been generous with the time that they've given here at LoveWorks. Yeah, well, perfectly answered. And thank you. The reason I asked you that question was because as I'm talking with entrepreneurs, as they're getting started with their school ideas or their business ideas, that's, that's typically one of the things that they wish they had more of. Like, what are the other mm-hmm. entrepreneurs who've been down this pathway before me? What kinds of things did they, you know, challenges did they have? Struggles did they face? What did they do to overcome those? Was there, you know, was there anything that they read that was really valuable to them? So I appreciate you sharing that information about what was helpful for you. And I agree that what I hear often is kind of collaboration with others, you know, finding, listening, mm-hmm. um, and just talking and, and making those connections from a genuine place like you guys have done so well at figuring that out. That's good. What, yeah. what is it, it's been said, if what, it's been said, what if you uh, find yourself in a room and uh, you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yes, we got to live by that adage here. Let's surround ourselves by as many, you know, diverse individuals as we can and great thinkers and, uh, you know, it's again, like I said earlier, it really does take it. They say it takes a village to raise up a child. We would argue and say it takes a village to raise up a leader. And, Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. And you're never done, right? You're never really to the top of that process, which is, I think, important. And, um, you know, remembering <clears throat> how we be good leaders is to continue to learn and to always be to live a life of learning. So <laughs> thank you. That's it. Um, and that, and that kind of leads into, and may you've kind of answered that there, but what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs that are kind of getting started? Is there anything um, that you would suggest that they, they look at or think about or read or try? Oh, I love that question. I hope a few of my few thoughts that I shared earlier were helpful. You know, I think there's a talk that I do give and I would just to share briefly uh, I thought about, I've thought about this often over the last decade and even be, before that, my three big thoughts with, with leaders of all ages and anyone that's looking, of course, that's a self-starter and looking to start something is to be clear in your why. Mm. Know, know your why, because there's going to be a time, there will be a time where it's going to get hard. And, and I know this sounds real simple. Simon Sinek, start with why. It was a huge inspiration yeah. about 15 years ago through a TED talk that that he gave. If, if your listeners and watchers are unfamiliar with Simon, I'd encourage to check that out. Um, but know your, but know your why. I believe it was Victor, Victor Frankel said, you know, when you know your why, your reason for doing something that you can endure anyhow, challenge mm-hmm. or circumstance. And so even over the last two years, since March of 2020, that's helped me just personally in my leadership. Remember my why, you know, yeah. why we're doing this, bringing me back. You know, I think it's just as important sometimes to reflect 
on when you started, like where mm-hmm. you were when you started yeah. compared to even just where you want to go into the future. And it can keep, that can keep you humble. Uh, I, I would also suggest, so know your why. I'd also say this, plan to fail. Plan to fail and be, and be okay by that and not, by, yeah. and not be surprised by it. And right. that's why I love uh, our students here at LoveWorks keep me young because I give an, an example of that. We had a student that applied for our brand new business program and he submitted his video, his pitch video was 30 seconds long and he had an idea, not a prototype, but an idea for a robot. Mm-hmm. And we circled back around with him and we said, we love the idea, but in five weeks, if you don't have a prototype, it's probably going to be unrealistic in five weeks, you know, for you to have something that's ready to, to be sold out in the marketplace. Right. We have other programs that are designed for that. And so here's, here's, here's this young uh, student who then circles back around with this Aaron an hour later. And he says, <laughs> oh, I have a new business. I'm like, what's the new business? He's like, my grandmother in Peru has a recipe for smoothies and they're amazing. <laughs> and, and so here's, so he wasn't thrown off by it. Right. You know, and I think as we get older, we could, you know, if someone gives us loving, it wasn't even negative. It was just honest feedback. They could throw right. us off for the next month. You know, to, we could hear that in the beginning of January and we're like, well, here we go again, the year 2022, <laughs> you know, uh, so plan to fail, you know, know that that's yeah. going to be, know that that's going to be part of it. And, and my last thing that I would just say to encourage uh, your listeners and your watchers, and part of this comes through my experience and my passion hobby, which is the sport of triathlon and Ironman. And it's just to yes. push through the quit, to persevere and to endure and all the while, you know, you're going to build resilience. So know your why, remember your why, refresh yourself with your why, plan to fail and to push through the quit and be the next one, you know, that is going to go out there and just do great things for this next generation. I love that, Michael. That's great. And you you did such a good job of modeling that in your personal life and in your professional life. So appreciate that advice and sharing that with others. Um, And that kind of just leads us into- (laughs) <laughs> you're welcome. Plans for the future for LoveWorks. What do you, where do you see you guys going in the future? And I know you're doing some cool online things now to kind of pivot when needed. Um, but I'd love to hear more about your plans for where LoveWorks is going. Oh, thank you for, thank you for asking. Mm-hmm. So our next big dream is along the lines of our newest program, which is called Business Boot Up at BBU. And we want to give every student between the age of five, eight to 15 years old that's living in any suburban community rural community, urban community, literally around the world, access to our curriculum, our five-week experience, and we want to be able to come around those students and be able to walk through a process of ideation, service development, product development, and we just want to get them out there and put themselves out there to be able to put out their idea, you know, their product and their service and uh, whatever it is that they're dreaming up. And so that's the next big thing that we're working on that I'm believing is gonna take Oklahoma by storm. Our students are from our tech company a couple of years ago had a meeting with Nintendo in, in New York and they were touring Nintendo headquarters and we then were asked to pitch. And so you had eight, nine and 10 year olds pitching to executives at Nintendo. That's incredible. And, <laughs> and after like eight or nine minutes, they stopped the students from giving their pitch. And I'm like, oh no, the record scratches. They don't like it. They hate the product. They want them out of here, call security. And 
they said, kids, this is, this is unbelievable. You are showing us New Yorkers what Oklahomans are capable of doing. That's <laughs> and awesome. I know, and I know there's a lot of other great things in the state of Oklahoma that are taking place outside of Risk World and our tech company here at LoveWorks. But I believe that the state of Oklahoma is going to be a beacon and it's going to be a light. Uh, and it's going to, and, and part of that light is going to have to do, you know, with our young people, uh, the next generation, you know, of students that are going to be believed in, loved in unconditionally, and they're going to be given a chance to dream. And we really believe that the business program is going to be a big part of that. And we're uh, open arms and wanting to work with and collaborate uh, with as many like-minded, like-passion people uh, around the globe uh, that would be interested in partnering with us on that effort. Yeah, thank you, Michael. That's great. And I, I agree with you. This is the time that innovation can really happen. And I think there are so many great people and resources in Oklahoma um, to make that happen. And so I just really appreciate you being a part of that and sharing everything that you guys are doing. I'd love for you to just share how people can contact you. Um, I know you have a website and maybe some other ways that might be able, people might be able to reach out to you with specific questions. Definitely. Well, I'm pretty easy to find. In our organization's history, I've always had my cell phone on our website. So you oh, can just nice. visit loveworksleadership.org and you can call me anytime. I do have three kids. And so I do tend to get a little bit of sleep, but uh, they're always keeping me on my toes. But that's the best way that you can reach me directly by phone, by text message, by email. Loveworks Leadership is found on the usual suspects. You mentioned a couple of those platforms already, Aaron, but LinkedIn and Twitter Instagram and Facebook. We're very active there. And then also too, we launched two podcasts as well. Thank you for giving yes. us a chance, Aaron, to be able to share about those. Absolutely. They're called Dreamers and Doers. One is our leadership edition where we've now interviewed the last uh, two years, uh, over a hundred guests that have been a part of the Dreamers and Doers podcast. And our other podcast is called Biz Boot Up. And that is co-hosted and completely led and produced by our students here at LoveWorks. It's really special where they will interview two different guests. The first guest is a seasoned professional in our community. A lot of, a lot of business owners have been on that podcast, but then also to Aaron, I think you'll love this, a young entrepreneur that he or she is just getting started. And it is absolutely incredible and inspiring to hear their young voices, you know, talk about the business acumen that they've acquired over the last six weeks. So those are a few ways. Those are a few ways that you can find us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate everything that you're doing. And I'm really excited to continue to partner with you in the future, because I believe that what you're doing is, is critical to the improvement in our schools and our education systems. So thank you, Michael. Thanks for being here today. Oh, well, thank you, Aaron. Well, you are leading the way for so many. So thank mm -hmm. you for the pathway that you are paving. And it's a thrill to be able to do this with you.